And what he was doing was, and it's just my personal opinion, I haven't spoke to anybody, this is just me evaluating the game. What I saw out of James Harden was a guy trying to help Joel Embiid win the scoring title. A guy that was trying to help Joel Embiid win his first MVP. Because I saw him. We keep talking about Ben Simmons and what he bring on the defensive side of things. Where the hell was Ben Simmons last year when they were playing the Hawks and Trey Young was torching them? I'm, I'm telling y'all, look, I'm not jumping off this ship. I'm gonna have to sink with it. I am staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. You are now listening to The Hoop Forum on the Dip Podcast Network. Welcome again to another edition of the Hoop Forum NBA podcast. Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder here as always back in action. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Not. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. <laughs> More so. It was a beautiful Sunday morning. Yeah, it's been a beautiful Sunday morning. It's uh, moving into a uh, an okay afternoon and early evening here. So nonetheless, the NBA is just... A mess, as it pretty much always is. It's an is. uncomfortable mess at this point. Yeah, just an uncomfortable mess. Lots to talk about, and probably lots of it that we're not even going to get into. Um, Drewski, guys, I think it's been beaten down so much that I don't know that we really need to talk about it. So it The is only thing left is. to share is just your personal opinion on what Kyrie, KD, all of them have said. Right. And I think that my prediction's starting to come true that I told you about the other night that Udoka's not going to get hired by Brooklyn now. Yeah. Too much of a firestorm, absolute heat around that situation. Yeah, if I was him, I wouldn't want to be involved. (sighs) Yeah, because you're just mounting it on top of all that. I mean, even though your guys know Udoka, like seven out of your 15 guys know him, is that even really that great of an advantage? Right. I guess maybe if you're cutting it down, but like... And I think it's going to be him pulling out more so than them pulling out. He's too hot to pick up. Like, no, I'm thinking he's going to be like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh, not even want to go back to, yeah, that sucks too. Frank Vogel definitely wants no part of that then either. I don't know who would, and I'll leave it at that from my end. I just don't know who would even want to touch that. They're probably going to end up promoting from my fan, honestly. Right. Oh, well. That's what we saw with the Celtics with Missoula, and now apparently people are already sucking him off, so. Yeah, because he's next guy up and, you know, he's paid. <laughs> Another guy had a, had a DUI in his in his past and people have been irreverent about that too. But Well, let's talk about a team that has a coach who's revered as just basically like the one of the best ever, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers and their coach, Ty Lue. But more specifically, let's talk about Kawhi Leonard of the Los Angeles Clippers being non-existent after a literal year off post-surgery. Two games, Adam Elder. Two games this man has played off of the bench. Oh, that's worse, too. Is this, is this a slow roll, or is this something to legitimately be concerned about because it sounds like it's the degenerative issue flaring up yet again. 
maybe I, so I'm okay with buying into 50% of that statement because there's still the aspect that Kawhi's not in shape, but there's also the roadblock of, can he even get back into shape if he's this broken and has to come off the bench and has to be eased back this steadily after nine games in nine games in Kawhi's played two and the Clippers Clippers altogether just don't look like they're going to be that great of a team because it really depends on PG and Kawhi being the clear one and two being the clear focus being the clear ones to stagger around sprinkle in John Wall Reggie Jackson all the rest of the guys and you've got a great NBA team on paper on paper and now we're seeing the harsh reality of Norman Powell, not that consistent of a player. And that's been killing me personally because I wanted to feel so bad about Covington and Powell going to Los Angeles. And ultimately, yes, it's, it was a minus move at the time. The only prospect the Blazers got was Keon Johnson. But then you look at the Clippers and you're like, these are two role players they should be able to count on and should be able to make the best bench in the NBA. Covington has played little amount of games. He's missed the last four games with an illness. And now you got Norm Powell going out here. You can only play him 14 minutes a night because he's going one for eight, one for seven in those minutes and not getting any kind of offensive rhythm. I haven't watched any Clippers games this year, so I guess I couldn't tell you how their offense looks from an eye test. And I guess that's just part of my own suffering. I just haven't stuck out or sought out watching those games. But like, they're in the eighth seed right now. They're five and four. So they've won a couple games over. But they're still like not a special offense yet. 30th in points per game, 102.3. Opponent points per game, they're averaging 106.2. So fourth, they have the fourth best defense in the NBA, but their offense is going nowhere. So I wonder if part of that is just really a matter of everything just being clogged up, which should seem impossible because they run this five-out scheme with Morris playing minutes at the five. So Chris Broussard came out about a week, not even a week ago, not even a full week ago. And he said, I've talked to some people around the league about this a week ago. The Clippers feared Kawhi had had tendonitis. Now there's a fear that it's worse. Now I don't know what that means. Does that mean he re-injured it? I don't want to say re-injured it, but it's just not fully healed. I don't know if it's physical as in there's, still a problem with the knee or if it's mental and that Kawhi has for the most part throughout his career, not wanted to play unless he's 110%. But he didn't go with him on a two day, uh, uh, on a two game road trip. So this is just all classic Kawhi Leonard, not with the team, not practicing with the team away from team. And you have Paul George having to do everything in his power just to beat the thunder the other night or was it the magic yeah. i think no it was the thunder yeah i mean just from what we saw from him in the championship run in toronto to just what the last three years of his career has been is just and two healthy there was two healthy runs in there semi one yeah i mean how healthy too obviously you weren't that healthy i don't know i feel like that first LA Clippers run, he was fine. In the bubble? In the bubble, yeah, when they just gave up. Mentally, they weren't fine. Right, yeah, so that's something different, but like... It's something different, but it's like credit that needs to be given and taken away. What's crazy is that his ceiling is a top three player in the NBA. He should be like a top 
three player right now. Right, because he should be in the prime of his career. He's age, what, 31 or 30? So right now he should be climbing into like the absolute peak of his career. And maybe the reason that he went so hard in Toronto and took over the team like that and only gave that one-year commitment because he was like, I know that my body is breaking down. And I know that right now I have the best window of health that I'm going to have. He's like, I have a massive run in me. Yeah, I have one massive run in me. I can take out Giannis. I can take out Embiid. I can take out whoever they took out again in the first round. I think it was the Magic. Maybe it, like, maybe it was less so like he knew that was his last run. Maybe that just was it. That's yeah. all he had. Because he was 28 when that happens. Right. Like maybe that put it over the hill. Right. In terms of his degenerative issue and whatnot. I just, I don't know. I don't want Kawhi to be done for the sake of him still being such a force that he could silence every other narrative in the NBA. You know, there's an edge to Kawhi about like that. Like if the Clippers won, that would cancel out every NBA narrative that's been run on ESPN for the past since Giannis won. If he would come and play basketball. Right. Exactly. That's fucking Michael Bryant. Like we know he is. Exactly. Yeah. Make the mid-range fadeaways, the beautiful mid-range fadeaways. And that's the thing, too, as much as I hate the Clippers, I like Kawhi. I love Kawhi's game. I, It's better for basketball for this man to be out there dominating the league. It just is. I'm doing it from the mid-range. Yeah. I mean, that championship run was just incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. That's why, like, looking to the present day, you just look at this Los Angeles Clippers team and you think, man, this is the best team. Well... 2014 Spurs are pretty good, but like this is one of the top teams Kawhi has ever had put around them in terms of depth on paper. On paper, and like I don't know, it's just if the Clippers are going to be a playing team again, then I would say this is probably closer to way closer to the end than we all realize. Especially the Paul George is 33, right? So like he's getting up there too. He's getting and he's been no picture of health during any of this. You see PG. 34, age 34, 35 seasons at this point. He's just, I don't know when his contract is up, but like just signing to be like the fourth guy on a championship team and trying to ride it to a chip. Maybe. Like, cause he would be perfect as like a power forward. Dude, bring him like to LA. LA. <laughs> bring him to the Clippers. The, the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him like, yeah. Yuck. I, I mean, maybe. Sure. I don't know. No, I would hate that. I fucking hate Paul George. I'm just yeah, but if all the pressure was off him and didn't have him around Anthony Davis and LeBron, that would be nuts. Pretty nice. That would be nuts. But nonetheless, the Clippers are a huge question mark as they always are. Kawhi Leonard has been a ghost, and I just I continuously lose faith, and I don't know how the media still wants to really dick ride him. And say give it Win time. Win championships. That's more than. I mean, they know. say give it time, and it's like this dude's had nothing but time his whole career. Yeah, I know, right? And it wasn't like before that role, before that run that he had to the finals, he didn't spend the entire season before not playing. Right. So he had one whole season off. He played seven games that year, came back, won the championship, and now he's played less than fifty percent of all the games since then. Absolutely, and the jury should be looking at Anthony Davis in the same way. Yeah, looking yeah. for that verdict because it's it's no different than that. Like as much shit as Anthony Davis is getting, Kawhi Leonard should be getting too. Remember that that funny stat everyone's throwing around a couple of weeks ago about how Davis has played more games than him, him and PG combined. I mean that's just truth though. 
That's the thing. It's just truth. Yeah, y'all want to throw shade at AD? Go ahead, but you best be looking at Kawhi Leonard as well. That's I always want him to be just a killer. Same with Kawhi, dude. We'd like to see him murder, but it is what it is. Nonetheless, let's keep it moving forward here. Uh, the Phoenix Suns sitting at the top of the West right now. I don't know about you. I don't truly believe in that, especially not when we're thinking. Everyone said, oh, they're a great regular season team. They're going to have a great regular season run, just like they always do. First off, this is one of the least deepest teams that they've put together in this last few years that they've been hustling. I just, I can't wait to see what they do with uh, Jock Londale when it comes down to the playoffs because Zach Lowe even brought him up. Jock Londale has won some minutes for the Phoenix Suns. I'm like, they have won no other option. Right. Because they're going to give minutes to Biombo? I don't think so. Right. Uh, and he's an awful three point shooter. And so, like, he looks like he's like Tice. He reminds me of Daniel Tice. But like, worse. Yeah. Just like. And that's my point is like, yeah, one, not only are they, is the depth questionable in the playoffs, but like, that's not just act like this team's going to be able to su- sustain this the whole season. They're not that deep of a team. And the West is wide open. So that gives the thought more credence when you think of them controlling the West again, like they've done in the past. But honestly, I think it'd be more likely that a team like Dallas pulls off something crazy or Memphis pulls off something crazy. It might be Memphis's year to make the Western conference finals. I mean, that's they were the second seed last year. It is out of the question that they're going to be the one seed this year. That's why I just, I can't buy into it right now with Phoenix and there's a lot of people biting early and they're like, well, Chris Paul is just, he's clearly taking a step back for Devin Booker to ascend. And, and, you know, he's really assuming the, the assists role and all this stuff. And it's like, well, or, or is it that Chris Paul is falling off? Yeah. And that means no deep playoff run for you. And that potentially means your season could go down really fucking quick. You are a hamstring away on Chris Paul. No, you're you're a hamstring away on somebody like Mikhail Bridges from actually imploding in the playoffs. From or or I'm just talking regular season, dude. Yeah, true. Chris Paul Even goes then. down. You might be a fucking six or seven seed. I don't know. I honestly don't know with Booker. With you Booker, think Booker could hold it that ball. well. I think Booker could hold it to at least forty five wins at this point in his career. I think him and Bridges together are that special. Plus, they still have. Aiden's been a ghost too, in and out of the lineup. Devin Booker right now, 27, 3, and 5. Not bad. Not bad at all. Nice. Um, Shooting 48 from the field, 35 from 3 on 6 attempts, 53 effective field goal percentage, 54 from 2 on damn near 14 attempts, 87 from the line. Not bad. But maybe in the West this year, yeah, 45 to 49 wins is going to get you the 7 seed. You got Luka? scoring damn near 40 a game. If this man hits like one to two extra threes a game, he's scoring 40 a fucking game. He's averaging 40 a fucking game. Think about it. I love it. This dude. so awesome. I would say it's more likely for the Dallas Mavs to be, honestly, it's actually more likely the Memphis Grizzlies to be, take it. And then after that, I would say Dallas. Do you think they're going to move blood before the deadline though? I hope not. You think he's been playing well enough? I think I think he fits. Think I think he it's fits good. pretty well. Yeah, and I think they need to use him more in closing. Lineups. I was getting I was getting traces of that that first game that they, it was like the first or second game that they played. That give was. it time, man. And I was just like, this looks like it's actually gonna work. Yeah, give like, it time. I thought he looks nice. They're big, dude. Yeah. That team is big. 
They're huge. They are a humongous team. Yeah. I feel like that's underrated too because you think they're starting Dinwiddie at the two and you're like, oh, they're kind of a small team. Luka's six seven. The huge part of it is Luka. And I mean, and he... They have nothing but six seven wins. He's been too. getting better and better at least just being in position on defense over the last few years. He's right. obviously not a fucking net positive on defense, but he at least is in position and he's a big ass body. Right. Some of those guards just simply won't be able to take him because he's fucking six eight. What is he? Six eight two fifty? No, I, th- I think he's. Yeah, I think he's six seven two fifty ish. Yeah, because they list there. him. They list him at like two thirty. How about that someone story? said that the other day? They were like, "If Luca's two thirty, there's uh, there's no way." They list him at two forty, and. And Edwards, they listed the exact weight. Did you hear yes, that? Yes, re- that's why I was just ready to bring up that story that was crazy about how Aunt Edwards showed up 6'4", 239. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's pretty big. Like, he's he was out of shape. That's crazy. And then, it, I forget who it was that even said that. But yeah, he said that Luca. they have listed him at 240 for the last, like, three years. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. He's probably closer to 260. Yeah. I'm going to be quite honest with you. He's a big boy. What happens? Because everybody said this was skinny Luca, and now Luca comes back and he looks the same, but just better. Yeah, just <laughs> I was like, what? He's just conditioned is all. He's just playing that Euro basket, and that, I have fears of him and gassing out too. So I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be super hot on that right now. But I'll pump the brakes a little bit just because he could gas out because he just played all summer. Same goes for Giannis. Same goes for Jokic. But Jokic personally has been taking a backseat to scoring as well. And I just think that's because like he had two years of an absolute ridiculous run. I think like, he wants to ultimately be that on offense. Yeah, I think he would rather his teammates score for sure. Yeah. But nonetheless, Phoenix, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't buy that Aiton wants to be here. Yeah, me either. I know. I don't buy it at all. I question their depth more and more every time I watch them play, regardless of how well they play. I'm just like, like you said, like <laughs> Lawndale or whatever. Yeah. Jock Lawndale at the five. It's not happening in the playoffs. It's just, there's no way you will be Even a LeBron James team would, would switch mercilessly yeah. against that. And it's like your can defend, so... I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Let's not go there. They're one of the top defenses <laughs> in the league, dude. To look at last year, too, they were a top 10. They were like eighth in defense solidly through the, through the deadline. Let's just say it on tape one time. We'll dedicate 45 seconds here. Then Westbrook off the bench. People are like, oh my God, it's almost a cheat code that they're bringing Westbrook off the bench. Like as if they forgot the last 18 months of basketball surrounding Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Or that like, it's a clown show. They forgot that like, yeah, that's the obvious fucking thing to do with him. When you first fucking brought him in. (laughs) It's a little bit like a spot up shooter. You know, it's a little bit fucking, it's a little bit late for this. He needs to be traded. He needs to be traded. I feel like they're foolhardy enough about it right now to be like, well, we're going to, we're going to wait till the deadline. We're going to wait till the deadline. We're going to give Russ. They're waiting 30. for the jazz. Dude. Yeah. They're waiting for the jazz to finally. Everyone's waiting for down. the jazz. Dude. Everybody's waiting for the gates. To Miami's fucking salivating too. Oh, uh, Robinson. I would say even on condition hero. Bye bye. I would say bye, the Bucks are thinking about making a phone call too. The Bucks No. I was pretty shot. damn nicely rounded out. Phoenix better be fucking looking at 
Utah. Well, they have a guy that doesn't even want to play for their team. That's a, a hot asset right now. I'll just say Jay Crowder on any contending team, please, please give us Jay Crowder. Yeah, they need to be, they can be getting involved in a three team or something with Utah because Miami, Phoenix, and Lakers and salivating Utah. Yeah, for and Lakers end up getting it on the scraps. Where does Westbrook even go in that? So does he go to Utah? Someone buys him out. That's what everyone says that happened. Yeah. I can't talk anymore about the Lakers. It makes me <laughs> fucking sick. Utah. Let's talk about it. Utah. Yeah. The, so I'm waiting, like you said, waiting for the castle doors to just finally go down on this. I think they're just a team of guys right now. And that for some, they just, they're hooping right now. They're just hooping out of control. They're, yeah. And I think everyone, a team like this that is supposed to be bad and tanking, like naturally these guys are like, I'm going to ball out so I can, right. go, I can go somewhere. So when they or do press the ride standpoint, like these guys think we're going to be this, some bad team. And they're like, I'm, that's not fucking me. Yeah. Cause I mean, my God, Lori Markin and like, dude's out of control. He's at like tw- what? 21. Should not be happening. 22, nine and two. <sighs> he had like a ridiculous game the other night. He scored 40 at least once this season. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's out of control. Let's do like some rapid fire. I'll name a guy and you, uh, first team that comes to mind for them to be moved to. Okay. Like who, 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 who their ideal landing spot would be on Utah from Utah. Okay. Let's do it. Laurie marketing. I don't think they're going to sell him just for the sake of the game. I, it would have to be another team that has a big open spot like that. San Antonio, maybe. Does San Antonio get engaged on that and move off something in a three-teamer? Purtle. I don't know. See, that's the, that's the problem with marketing. I feel like they're looking at marketing right now, and they see that he's 25, and they're like, okay, we want this. He's probably signed to a nice contract. Not outrageous. How about Conley? Now, Conley, honestly, if I am Milwaukee, I might say, you want Javon Carter and Georgia bring Conley off the bench. No, make him start. Move middle, move, move Conley to the one. You move holiday to the two Middleton at the three. Giannis yeah. four Lopez, Lopez or Portis at the five. I think you bring Conley off the bench. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it would be better suited for that. Drew holiday is the one on that team. Yeah, he is. Yeah. That's his offense, dude. So yeah, maybe, maybe bring him off the bench. That's fucking a hell of an upgrade from George Hill off the bench. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's as big well as George Hill fits. You know? Give up. I just wonder what Milwaukee would have to give up, though. Are they saying we want... Because if they want, like, Nuora, I'm saying sure. Yeah. Right. If they want one of those young guys... If they want Thanasis, sure. No, I feel like that might piss off Giannis a little bit. It probably... Even if it would only be, like, 3% piss off Giannis. He'd be like, whoa. Maybe that's what they were trying to do in the offseason. And then Giannis went to that press conference and was like, I like Chicago. I could play here one day. <laughs> and they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> Who left the Bulletin board open last night? Like, Jesus like, Christ. How about <laughs> Malik Beasley? Miami. Right. I knew that was coming. Miami. That's the obvious pick. Um, if I could pick a sleeper second pick, Boston. Not that I think they're going to move him, but give me a team. Colin Sexton. Dallas. Jordan Clarkson. Lakers, for sure. They want him back. That's the late, yeah, they, they want Clarkson. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting a couple of teams here. I need to sprinkle in some different ones. Well, no, that's fine. That's really, I don't know. I I kind of want to retract the Malik Beasley thing and think about Memphis instead of Boston and Miami. Memphis would be nice. Memphis could use the depth. I think they would get away with playing him at the three in the playoffs. I know I said Santi. I'm on the Santi Aldama train for this season, but like, if you have to start him in the playoffs, that's questionable. He'd be nice in New Orleans. New or- New Orleans is so stacked with twos and threes right now. I just don't even think they have the room. A, a release up. valve, though. It'd be nice to throw a release valve out there. They have the, they have the young guys as the release valve. The collective of the young guys is the release valve for New Orleans. They have like five power forwards and fourth small forwards, and they're all good. So like, I feel like New Orleans is going to sit tight. They're not moving off of anything. If anything, they're like, this might be the best retention of value that we have for the next couple of years. So let's try to keep everybody here. Cleveland needs to be thinking about things. Mm, I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. I think for the playoffs, they do. I think, no, I think the calmness of having both Garland and Mitchell on the floor at the same time to bring the ball up is that powerful that they won't have to worry about ball handling. I don't think that. I just think it's a matter of fact that there's the teams that they're going to have to go through on the wing are just going to pressure them too much. I'm honestly not worried about the wings when it comes to the Cavs. The Cavs are a big enough team. I mean, they've handled Boston twice now, so... Okay, they beat Boston twice. Boston's also lost a couple of other questionable games to start this Boston doesn't have Rob Williams, etc., etc. And, like, there's a a thing, too, about, like... Remember, like, the first half of the game on ESPN? Did you watch the ESPN game? Mm -hmm. So, like, that one... I've watched more Cavs games this year than anything. Right. I wish I could say that, but... Like... There's a, like a playground-ish, like they're not really getting going full. Mm-hmm. And like, a, like it doesn't really turn on until about halfway through the third quarter. And some of the, but like when I think of the Cavs though, and I saw Mitchell in a game like that, I think if the Cavs just take the jazz formula of where you have four shooters around Mitchell and now you kind of do except for Allen, but Allen is probably going to be able to be is more dynamic on offense than Rudy Gobert right, ever was. Way more of a threat on offense. It doesn't clog up the lane, right? And like you have wide open space for Mitchell and Garland to attack and penetrate. Like that's going to be hard. That's and Evan Mobley's jumper is going to be real. I I don't know. I think sixteen feet right now it's good, but I don't trust it from three. I think that jumper is going to be real. I think one day. I think give it two or three years and it's. So that's one more thing that they're banking on here. It might be more real by the end of the season too. Like the more that they, this team's mindset right now is we are what third or second in the West. We're making the playoffs. Forget all the play and stuff. We're making the first round of the playoffs. Dude, they're top of the East right now behind or they're sec- second to the Bucks, Right. And if they have to play a Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat team, they're thinking we can beat it. Yeah. If they're playing a New York Knicks team in the first round of the playoffs, they're like, we can beat Philly. That. They can beat <laughs> they could beat Philly, dude. Maybe. What? Get know. out of here, dude. I don't know. They're it's a better just... team than Philadelphia right now. Right now. If you tell yeah. me the playoff matchup was tomorrow. But it's because Philadelphia has this out of nowhere black cloud over top of them, too, when there was so much positivity in the offseason. If you told me game seven was tomorrow, Cleveland wins. I th- Yeah, probably. Just Garland and Mitchell together is, are going to outpace Maxie and Harden. Embiid. Embiid. Back on milkshakes. 
See, we're at we're at this point in the season where nothing has unfolded. The book has only just started to open. And like right now, it's like that book from Harry Potter where like you open it up and it's like the wind comes shooting out of it and shit. Like that's what we're that's the stage of the NBA that we're at right now. Like nothing is really actually real yet, I feel like. Although there's some pretty clear signs. Like the Kawhi thing. Phoenix. I had a weird, I had a weird like uh explanation of the Phoenix thing about like racing on like Gran Turismo. <laughs> where like if you like if you're racing hard on one lap, like you can change how fast you're going just by where you are on the track, like finding out where the real groove is. And that's where Phoenix, they know where to be on the track. Right. So by default, that puts them that much faster ahead of other teams. They know how to win games. So like that's why like I feel like some people are trying to buy back in. Like, but they're mentally out. They also know how to lose playoff series. Well, they know how to win. Yeah. They, well, Chris Paul famously knows how to do that. But like on that note, let's just wrap it up, dude. Nice, nice, quick, efficient episode. Right around 30 minutes. That's that's a new one for us. Uh taking it easy here on a Sunday. Uh, Cleveland and LA is on as we speak and I have to check out what's going on there. And Adam Elder, one more take. Lakers are winning today. Bucks, Cavs, Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. <laughs> Easy dub for the Bucks. I'll just say that though. Engage with us on social media at the dip network across the board. Tap in for weekly content. We love you. We're out. Peace.